I'm going to start reading scripture in just a minute. I'm going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to start reading scripture. And at a certain point, I'm going to drop out. And I want you as the congregation to read the scripture out loud together, okay? And it's going to be very familiar. You'll recognize it right away. Let us hear the words of God. Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 5. And when you pray... You shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray... Do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words, but therefore do not be like them. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore we pray together. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Wonderful and loving God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for every breath we take, God. Lord, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit down upon this place and take away any kind of anxiety any kind of stress, any kind of sickness, any kind of evil thoughts or anything that may be distracting or toxic to our souls, God, that can separate us from You. Lord, we reach out to You now. And Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in Your sight, my dearest Lord Jesus, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. What a great Scripture, right? We say it at all of our worship services. We say it at home. We say it out in public. I mean, this prayer is said everywhere, right? I mean, it's one of the very few times that Jesus actually told people how to pray. It's also in the Gospel of Luke, so I encourage you to go back and read it there also. But um, when I started preparing this message, I started thinking about this uh, story of the, the Lord's Prayer, and there were these two guys that were sitting at this dinner table, and they were kind of having this little uh, biblical argument, so to speak, about who was smarter than the other one. And so they were comparing their knowledge of what they knew in the Bible and um, just having fun with it, nothing bad. And um, the one gentleman said over to the other guy, he said, I know I know more than you. He said, Bob, I, I tell you what, I've got $10 in my pocket. If you can recite the Lord's Prayer to me, I'll give you this $10. So Bob just smiled real big and said, okay, I can do that. He says, but you have, to, you have to pray with me when we do it. So he did like this and he said, 
Our Father, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And he smiled real big. He was all proud of himself and his, his friend across the table just kind of smiled and laughed with him and reached his hand down in his pocket and said, I, I can't believe you knew it. In all seriousness, though, we kick off today our, well, actually we did it Thursday night. Y'all, if you have not come to a Thursday night service yet, by the way, um, it's our gospel music-led service on Thursday nights. It starts at 6.15. Uh, the Lord is working in wonderful ways uh, at that service. I think there was around 170-something people here Thursday night. Um, if you're traveling on Sundays or just need, if you need Jesus twice during the week or more, come on out on Thursday nights. But so we started this sermon series called Side Effects. And usually when we hear side effects, as we kind of talked about in our little video, we always hear side effects from a negative standpoint, that there's always something bad with the side effects. You know, the commercials, the radio, TV, all that stuff that has the long list of side effects. And I'm not um, kind of downplaying, I'm, I mean, medicine is wonderful, but we're not focusing on the negative during this sermon series. We're going to focus on the positive and we're going to be talking about side effects of being a disciple of Christ. Or um, if you're not familiar with the word disciple, um, we can also say it's somebody um, that has accepted Jesus into their heart and where do we go from there? So our discipleship vows that we have here at our church are prayers, prayers, presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And we're going to cover all five of those over the next five weeks, not necessarily in that order, but we did want to start it with prayer because we kind of feel that everything else is built upon that foundation. So we're not really going to get into the specifics of the Lord's Prayer tonight. I mean, we could have a whole sermon series just on that. But we're going to look at a few different things. And one of those is how is prayer a side effect of being a disciple? So how is it a side effect? And I'm going to share three ways tonight, three ways that I think are positive, long-lasting, and life-giving side effects of being a disciple of Christ. What does it do to us on the inside? The first one I'm going to share tonight is that side effect of prayer is that it is relational. When we look at the very first verse Jesus shared here in this scripture, he starts off with whenever you pray. Not if you pray, not if it's convenient, it's whenever you pray. And Jesus says this a lot through the Gospels, when you pray or whenever you pray. But if you notice most all these prayers, when you go back and read the scripture, Jesus will start off with Lord or our Father, depending on which translation you're reading, but he always starts the prayers with Father or God. He's reaching out. little side note. Um, actually, it's almost always Father. Um, it switches later, especially um, if I'm thinking it's in uh, when he's on the cross. He addresses uh, God as um, Oh God, why have you forsaken me? And I guess now that you look back at that, he's addressing Father up front, but then when he addresses God at that point, he's covered in our sin. It's still God the Father. But we hear Jesus saying this because it's relational. Just as I told the children a minute ago, it's so wonderful to know 
that we have this one-on-one relationship with God the Father. And as we say through our vision here at Pine Valley, we say connecting hearts to Christ and to one another. So the relationships are important. Why are they important in our prayer life? Is because it's reciprocal. There's a give and receive. Think about positive, good relationships. They're always a give. So in our prayer life, if we give all that we can, if we give everything we have from the inside, and then we open ourselves up to receive the Spirit, that's when a disciple of Christ feels that complete warmth that we experience of the Holy Spirit, and then we can go out and share it with others. I'll give you a quick example of that. The music ministry that I mentioned a minute ago. Uh, we heard Pastor Tim last week say that we don't call this a stage. I mean, we, we do call it a stage a lot of times, but we also acknowledge that it's a platform. It's a platform for God. Up on this platform, we are here to lift God's voice, lift God's message in hopes that it's received. I believe this music ministry at this service, our Thursday night service, our traditional worship services next door with all of our choirs, the instruments, the vocalists, the technicians, all of this stuff, it's all incredibly awesome. And I feel like Pine Valley's got one of the best in the area. But I think that's because its foundation is laid upon prayer. When we lay everything on prayer, that strength will show through every ministry. And as I mentioned strength, I'll go ahead and talk about our next point that I believe prayer does. A side effect is that it strengthens our faith. It strengthens our faith. When we talk about faith a little bit, one thing I want to say is faith, let's say it this way. Every single thing that you go through in your life has a direct correlation on your faith walk with God. Now, I want to be very careful. I want to make sure that this is clear when I said that. I'm not saying lack of faith causes bad things to happen. What I am saying, it may not be a lack of faith, that causes problems, but it is the strength and the power of your faith that can get you out of any problem. Does that make sense? Amen? Okay. So how does prayer create strength and faith? Look at verse 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Hear how personal he made that? So once again, we hear the relationship, and then how does that strengthen our faith? Because he says you have to go into your secret place, and God the Father will reward you openly. Openly means visible, tangible, something that you can see and that others can see as well. So it strengthens our faith by actually being in the room with him. Now, this scripture, when it talks about being in the room, it's not necessarily a physical room. He also talks about a secret place. Well, that secret place is right here. Because you may not have a physical room to go to all the time. So when you go into your room and you go into your secret place, it is just you and God. My wonderful wife of 24 years, we know each other better than anybody in this world knows us. Except for God. God is the only one that knows 
anything and everything that is deep down within my secret place. And that's why it's so important that I have that one-on-one relationship with him. When we talk about the room, there are physical rooms that some people go to. There's a series that we're doing on Wednesday nights right now, one of the classes talking about the war room and different prayer rooms. Look back at the scriptures, though. If I can think of a couple of examples um, where Jesus was in a room, the upper room. So Jesus was in the upper room, and then he was in the room when Thomas came in, and everybody knows the story of doubting Thomas, right? So when Thomas is in the room, Jesus appears in his room. And by that whole entire scriptural story, all of a sudden, Thomas has a strengthened faith because he's witnessing what God is doing. Another example, a little bit different. So the story of the little girl that had died and Jesus was on the road on the way there and the girl was sick, but on his way there, the little girl had died. Jesus goes into the room, pulls the family in the room and commands them to shut the door. Shut the door to the room. They're in their secret place. And what does God do? He raises the girl from the dead. Do you think that strengthened the faith of the people in that room? Imagine being the people outside of that room even. The people right outside that circle. They know a little girl's dead. They know she's passed away. You've heard the the mom wailing, I'm sure crying, all the things that are emotional when we talk about those sort of things. But imagine the people right outside that wall that all of a sudden they start hearing the laughter of a 12-year-old girl that they know was just dead. And now in that room, they hear the scattering of little feet and a little 12-year-old girl's laughter maybe. And then all of a sudden, the people in that room are strengthened and the people outside that circle are strengthened. And then we expand it a little bit more. If we go to uh, the story of Lazarus, when you talk about Lazarus, he wasn't in a regular room, right? He was in a tomb. But they said, even now, Jesus, you can go in here and that you can heal him. Even now, you can do that. So no matter how bad it gets... Jesus steps up, and also, if you go back and read that story, before he raises Lazarus, what does he do? He goes to God in prayer and says, Our Father, he has a prayer, read it in the Scriptures, then he calls Lazarus out of the tomb. So when we talk about these tombs, these secret rooms, these secret places, all this stuff, the reason I'm sharing this and the reason I say it strengthens your faith is because when you're in that secret place, it doesn't matter what you're going through, It could be depression, anxiety, so many issues that um, are just weighing on people's hearts. I mean, just chains and heavy burdens that people are dealing with. But when you read and you pray and you know that you're leaning on the Word of God, doesn't matter any room you're in, when all other people may have forsaken you or left you or it may feel that way, God is in the room with you. Amen. scripture just laid on my heart of greater is he that is in you last thing i want to share side effect of prayer is that it promotes forgiveness it promotes forgiveness why do i say promotes forgiveness because we need help with it often it's very very hard to forgive right after teaching this prayer immediately following his teaching jesus says If you forgive men their trespasses, 
Now, it's not just men. It's all mankind. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. This one seems a little bit tougher, doesn't it? You know, I've had some pretty bad things done to me in the past. You know, emotional, just people attacking, saying mean things. I've been attacked physically before. Now, I will tell you, I had to clarify that on Thursday night because my parents are sitting right here in the front row. It was not at home. So, <laughs> so I had to clarify that real quick on Thursday night. Um, and Christine doesn't hit me either. So, um, But there's people, I mean, I don't want to take that lightly. There's people that have gone through way, way, way worse scenarios than I ever have or probably ever will. Occasions of maybe abuse or addictions and just all sorts of things. And the reason I say that is sometimes it's not forgiving others. Sometimes we also have to forgive ourselves for making some bad choices. I've had to do it for myself. Um, not going to share those right now. That's in my secret place. <laughs> but, but I have asked for forgiveness, and we all should. Now, one thing about forgiveness I want to understand from this passage, though, is that God, through that prayer, through that relationship, through that strength and faith, that's where we can reach out to God and ask Him to help us with forgiveness. When you run into some of these scenarios or you might be having something laid on your heart right now, you may be thinking of one person in your life right now that you know you need to forgive, but Lord knows it's really hard to forgive them. And as the band comes forward, I want to share a little story here in a second and just remind everybody that it's time to let the side effects of our prayers take over our life. When I say that, I'm talking about there has to be a release. We can't let all this stuff soak up inside of our secret place and hold on to these things. So when we go to God in prayer, we just ask to lift those things up and release those chains, lift those burdens. And I'm going to share a story with you. And it's a story about a lady named Mary Johnson. So Miss Mary, she had a horrible experience when her son was a teenager. Her experience was that a young man named O'Shea Israel took her son's life in an argument. A really just dumb thing happened and O'Shea shot, shot and killed her son. That was in 1993. Like any parent, you can't imagine what Miss Mary would be going through, the anger, the hurt, the sadness. She said she wanted him to be punished. And he did get punished. He was sentenced to 25 and a half years in prison. However, about, I think it was 17 and a half years went by and he was released in 2010. Not only was he released, but he moved back into their old neighborhood. Not only did he move back into the old neighborhood, he moved in right beside Miss Mary. However, it wasn't on accident. It was actually on purpose. 
Because a few years before his release, Miss Mary had a conviction that laid upon her heart that she knew she needed to forgive O'Shea for what he had done. And so she started visiting the prison and speaking with him, sharing the gospel, witnessing and praying with him to the point where she invited him, got him into the house next door and continued to work in his life. But what she says next, and I've got a quote from her, this sums up the gospel of what we as disciples are called to do. Unforgiveness will eat you from the inside out, she said. It is not about the other person. It's not about me forgiving him. That doesn't diminish what he's done. He murdered my son, but the forgiveness is for me. It's just for me. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. He died so each one of us will be forgiven for all of our sins and everything we've done. So tonight, in just a minute, as the band continues to close us and lead us in worship, I invite anybody, you can come to the altar. The altars are always open here, and me or one of the other pastors are happy to pray with you. Or if you just need to spend some time with God alone, that's fine too. Or you might be in your seat and need to reach out to God for something specific, or you might be watching online also. But let us think of maybe the one person that we do need to forgive. And if that is ourself, just to release that heavy chain that lays on our heart. And let us remember that the side effect of being a disciple, that strong prayer life, will not only change our personal lives, but when we leave this church and go out to our city and our neighborhoods and our families, that side effect of being a disciple and having that strong prayer life, it will change this city and this world for the best. And if this is your first time, maybe you've never heard anything like this, and you want to reach out to God for the very first time, that forgiveness is that easy. All you have to do in prayer is listen to God, speak to God and say, yes, Lord, I want you in my heart. Please forgive me of my sins. And he will start to work on you right away, I promise. Let's go to God in prayer together. Wonderful and loving God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for, Lord, your son. We thank you for what Jesus has taught us, Lord. Let us remember those things as we leave these walls, God. Let us remember that it's your Holy Spirit, your voice that leads us. Lord, strengthen us in our prayer life, God. Teach us, continually teach us on what we need to do to not only make ourselves better, Lord, but to heal our soul and to heal our mind and to heal our hearts. Lord God, anybody at this time that feels your presence or feels a tug on their heart, God, I ask you to specifically touch their heart, Lord. Lord, it's in all these things we ask you your forgiveness. Amen.